I want to welcome all of you to our podcast, From My Kitchen Table, which is both inspired and created by our successful and award-winning Women Create magazines. For those of you who do not know me, I am Jo Packham, a small-town homegrown girl who had no big dreams of being the creator and editor-in-chief of your magazines, Where and What Women Create, among which we have profiled over 745 women from around the world in over 265 books and magazines. I am so thankful that you are here joining us today. Our podcast, which is for and all about you, will be coming to you weekly. So please listen on your platform of choice. The guests we have are visionaries who consist of artists, designers, foodies, and entrepreneurs each taking us through the ups and the downs of living a creative life. I will be introducing you to those in our industry, some well-known and some you have never met. These women have crafted amazing works of imagination, transformed cooking and baking into an art form, built successful businesses, inspired entire communities, and each has a story to tell of perseverance and triumph that will help each of us on our own personal journey. So welcome to From My Kitchen Table. This is the place to come together, to learn, and to share the passion, the process, the inspiration, the wisdom, and the journeys of living a creative life. I would like to welcome all of you to From My Kitchen Table, our weekly podcast that has become something that I actually look forward to. This was something that I dreaded for months and refused to do because it terrified me. But after I've done several of these and I've gotten to speak with the women and the men that I so admire that we feature in the magazines and some that we don't feature, but that we just work with. It has become such an honor and something I look forward to every week. And I have to say this week, I am especially excited about our guest. Her name is Sammy Thomas, and she means more to me than a lot of people I think that we've had on the um, podcast because Sammy is the one who is the behind the scenes at Matavor Media who makes me and all of you look amazing and sound amazing and works really, really hard at her job to let us be all that we can be when she is always behind the scenes. So I thought it would be really nice to have her on to talk about what it's like to be behind the scenes of a, a company like this, like Matavor, which is very large, and Women Create, which isn't so large, but which represents all of you. It's a huge responsibility for her. And she's young and she does a great job for us. And I want you to know her and respect her and love her as much as I do. So I'm going to read her bio. Because like I always say in every podcast, I read everybody's bio because I would be horrified if I made a mistake. At Manivore Media, Sammy is the behind the scenes of our Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest accounts, produces our From My Kitchen Table podcast, manages and participates in our Maker Moments webinars, and so much more. In her free time, Sammy frequents art museums, especially those in the Boston area, enjoys fashion and thrifting, is a lover of the outdoors, including hiking, snowboarding, and camping, and most of all, enjoys time with family, friends, and her adorable dog, Jax. 
Sammy, welcome to From My Kitchen Table. It seems silly to welcome you because you're on every one, but no one knows that. So welcome in front of the camera instead of behind. Thank you, Joe. It is very funny to be on this side of it. A little bit scary, but I am so excited to be here, excited to share with everyone kind of the behind the scenes of Women Create and also kind of how I got to where I am today, how I got to working with Women Create and implementing creativity into my life. So I'm excited to chat today. Okay, so let's start because I know that I would never ask anybody this but you, but tell me how old you are. I'll be 25 later this month. The reason I ask is because there's a huge age difference between Sammy and I, and um, it's it's something that I relish and that I fear both at the same time, because when you're my age, you don't ever want to be antiquated or out of um, the context of what all of you are doing. I want everybody who reads our magazines, whether they're 25 or 85, to be able to enjoy them. So it's a it's a challenge, which is why I asked Sammy for her age, so that you know the difference between the two of us and that it is possible to get along and it is possible to have the same mm -hmm. vision, right? Mm -hmm. So let's start with, let's start back when. I mean, you, you talk about um, living a life of creativity. Tell us a little bit about that. So growing up, I mean, I always remember in school, always having the opportunity to do art, which I thought was, you know, something great. Obviously, I didn't realize the benefits of it as I was a, a young kid just scribbling on paper. <laughs> but as you grow older, I mean, realizing and having the opportunity to create and tune into that creative side of you is, is really awesome. So I do always remember, you know, being in school and in art class, um, it's funny, the first kind of piece of art that I remember creating was actually in preschool. And I'm not sure how I remember <laughs> back to preschool because I don't remember a lot of, you know, memories from then. It's usually based on pictures, but this is a really specific memory. And we were asked to draw a self-portrait. I think I was probably around four. And so I drew this self-portrait and I had braces on in the self-portrait and I was five years old or four years old. <laughs> And for some reason, I thought that like having braces was the coolest thing in the world. So I, in my self-portrait, like I had braces, but that was the first, you know, time I actually remember like creating art and also representing myself through art, which I thought was just really funny. I'm not sure if you never forget. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then as I got older, I was influenced a lot by my grandmother, who unfortunately is no longer with us. Probably when I was in about elementary school, I started going over to my grandmother's house every Tuesday. And each week she would have a different kind of project going on. Um, she was a big cross-stitcher, knitter, crocheter, painter, baker. She did it all. So every week was something new. And every week, you know, as a youngster, I had the opportunity to kind of explore something new. And these weren't always the things that we were learning in school. These were more kind of like life skills, like sewing and, you know, knitting and painting, which all are going to be skills that you kind of need when you're an adult. So to have the opportunity to do this when I was young with someone who was so close to me, like my grandmother, really, I think, shaped me and made me want to continue to be creative feel like I'm rambling on a little bit, but that's kind of where the creativity started with my grandmother and working with her. I mean, she taught me, she had me on a sewing machine when I was six or seven years old. 
so early on, I was really, you know, in the creative and art world, which just was awesome. So in high school, did you take art classes and study art or was it mostly um, like the basics of high school? So high school is unfortunately where, I mean, I say, unfortunately, it's good or bad, but it's more when you get the choice if you want to do art or not. And it's more when you kind of have to like work around your schedule and art just wasn't something that fit into mine, which was really unfortunate. And at that time, I'm going to bounce around a little bit, but I initially wanted to be a teacher growing up, um, which is completely unrelated to what I do now, but. <laughs> oh, I have to interrupt you just for a second. Yeah. That's that's really not true. I want our audience to know that you are teaching me on a daily basis, all the things that I do not know, and you're very good at it. And so if you wanted to be a teacher, I want you to know that you are a teacher and you're very successful at it. So you have many skills. So, okay, so keep going. Thank you. Um, so I wanted to be a teacher and I specifically actually wanted to do special ed. So I was really, um, I was working with a group of students at the time. I just did, I didn't have the time for art, which was super unfortunate. And, you know, I was doing extracurriculars, sports, this and that. It just wasn't kind of there. So really in high school, I mean, I was drawing a little bit. Um, I had gotten, a, or not in high school, but I had a few like tattoo ideas that I wanted and my mom never wanted me to get a tattoo, but I was like, <laughs> what about if I draw it? Like that makes it so much more meaningful. And, you know, it's like something that I created. Um, so I was always drawing a little bit, but high school, it really kind of the art for me kind of stopped. I stopped going to my grandmother's. It was like, I was growing up. I didn't want to go to her house every week. So um, yeah, that was kind of unfortunate. And then once I went to college, um, I actually took a fine arts class my freshman year and we did charcoal drawings and um, we learned like a, about the history and that kind of like got me back into, you know, wanting to get creative. I, I had never like drawn with charcoal. I had never, we did a lot of mixed media. And at the end of the class, we had this like whole exhibit where each of us, you know, set up a whole installation and people who wanted to come came and checked it out. So that really got kind of my juices flowing again with art and also made me realize, okay, maybe, maybe teaching isn't what I want to do. Maybe being creative is something that I just need to do after my freshman and sophomore years when I kind of decided, all right, I, I don't think I want to teach. You know, I love that. It's I, I love working with students with special needs and this and that. But at the end of the day, I don't I didn't think that was going to be the right move for me. So I made the switch to public relations as my major, which oh. also, you know, that might not be someone's first choice of like, oh, creativity. Yeah, but no. But with PR, you, you really have the opportunity to work with any type of company or brand or agency you want. So I thought having that kind of freedom to choose, okay, maybe I'll find like a really cool, I don't know, brand that like, it allowed me to be creative and I wanted to do social media and PR was just kind of PR and social media go, go hand in hand. So, um, there were so many different elements that I was thinking of and how I could be creative and fit creativity into PR. So that's kind of how I ended up there, which still isn't really what I do today. It's, it's a lot of, <laughs> just been a lot of- um, Only what you do today. 
been a lot of, I don't know, just kind of building skills as I go, but with this one thought of like, I know I want to be creative. Okay. So tell us the, how, so you went to college. Did you graduate from college? I graduated from Roger Williams University in um, Rhode Island in 2019. See, which was just a minute ago. Mm -hmm. So, so then how did you go from college to Matavor? I mean, what happened in between and how did you apply for that job? And what, what I'm always interested because sometimes the job description, when you apply for a job, it's either not really exactly what the job is because the job expands, mm -hmm. right? Sometimes, or you misinterpret. So tell us that how, I mean, I think that's fascinating how we go from education to the uh, workforce. So it's funny because Matavor was not my first job out of college. Um, I actually was hired at a very prestigious PR and public affairs firm in Boston. Now I am not political. I am not, I don't know much about politics. You know, I watch the news, I know what's going on and I have opinions and this and that, but I'm whatever. And I was actually the, the assistant to the CEO. It wasn't really even a PR specific job. I was the assistant to the CEO. I got to learn kind of the ins and outs behind an agency, which was really interesting. Um, I also got to work a little bit with the marketing team, which, which was a little bit more of what I wanted to do. Um, and the marketing team would work with, you know, some of our clients and work on their social media channels. Um, so that was kind of where I realized, all right, I think like, you know, social media is going to be the route for me. Unfortunately, my boss, who I was the assistant of, he passed away. So that I lost my job. So I was like, all right, well, you know, PR and, you know, being someone's assistant wasn't really what I wanted to do. Now's my opportunity. I have like a year under my belt working in the corporate world. Um, sometimes you just need to get that year under your belt after school. And it's not always going to be what you want to do, but you just have to get, you know, that experience. So this was like, all right, here's my opportunity to look at applying for jobs in a whole new way before I just had my major of PR coming out of school. So I was like, I need, I need to apply for PR jobs. Now I've kind of got a few things under my belt. Um, I did a little freelance work on the side. I was teaching myself a few things on the side because I knew that more of the social media marketing and marketing route was the way I wanted to go. I pretty much, when I was applying for jobs, I was looking in keywords like social media, um, content, anything that digital kind of anything that was um, on the digital side, you know, that I had to create and produce copy and content, images, graphics, things that I could really use my creative skills. Um, I came across Matavor. We were barely even working with you when I first started. You know, Women Create wasn't even a part of my job at the time. I was working with five other titles, managing um, five other social media channels, creating weekly newsletters, um, actually as much as it is similar to what I'm doing with women create, it is so much different. Women create is not like, you know, your average magazine. It is a, it is stories. It is photo galleries. It's, it's not, it's transitioning from, you know, these kind of mainstream magazines, um, things with news type articles and ads to then working with women create 
it was such an awesome transition for me because it, again, just gave me even more, you know, creative freedom. So talk about when you came into Women Create, then some of the responsibilities that you had and some of the things that you do. So working with Women Create has been entirely different than when I even started at Matavor. You know, for my other titles, I was working on our social media channels, uh, working with our newsletters, creating, drafting them. But there isn't that opportunity to connect with people and artists and stories as much as they're, you know, in those titles as there is with Women Create. And so when I was given the opportunity to transition to just working with Women Create, I like immediately hopped on it. The idea of just one, working with a publication that was exactly in line with what I like Um, I am a woman. I do create. I also am surrounded by uh, multiple women who create. My mother um, started her own business from her kitchen table, literally started it from her kitchen table. When this opportunity was given to me, I was absolutely, I want to be working with women create from what I've, you know, seen and and chatted with, with Joe, like this is definitely someone I want to work with, someone who's motivating, has a, a million and one ideas that I want to help make happen. So some of my responsibilities now for women create, it's, it really is like you were saying, this wasn't exactly in the job description. And I am so (laughs) fine with that. Being a podcast producer was not originally in the job description, but a podcast was something that we felt was really good for the women create brand. We have a whole community of artists. You have relationships with so many of these people. Like this is just another way to bring this community together and communicate with them. So we needed someone to produce a podcast. I had some video and editing skills, you know, and, and now this is part of my title and I love it. You know, I'm not a graphic designer and we, and Matavor has graphic designers, but I have the ability every day to kind of implement some of those skills with our social media posts and um, creating our newsletters you know, we always are keeping the website up to date. We want to make sure that all of your guys' stories are cycling through, you know, everything has to be aesthetically pleasing. So all of these different elements of creativity that I've been able to use, work with are just really awesome. Do you ever find it difficult because Women Create has been around for um, actually about, well, the magazines have been around for 15 years, but the book started three years before that. So 18 years. So it's kind of an established brand. So do you find it limiting or does it not bother you to work with a brand that is so established because it's a little harder, you know, there's such, there's guidelines and sometimes it's a little harder to do something new or bring, implement your ideas or do you, do you, I mean, how do you, how does it feel to go into a brand that's so established? Would you rather have more freedom? Yes and no. I've worked with a brand that we literally started from the ground up. And that is hard. That is really hard. Um, Especially this day and age with everything being online and digital and on social media. um, You know, you really have to find strategies and ways to get yourself out there. Um, So I do like working with a brand that has already has an established audience, has a big and strong community around it. Um, I think it makes it easier to know how to move forward when you 
kind of can hear and you might not physically be hearing it but or reading the feedback of what your audience has to say it's like i don't know there's obviously a lot of trial and error with everything but working with something that's already so established i i, I do think has been easier than working with something that's not as established um the one thing though is that has been hard and i i feel awesome and that I've been able to like understand and get to know all of, all of you artists. You, you don't know me, but I know you. Educating yourself and doing your research and, you know, working with an established brand is awesome. And it, it just makes it that much easier to figure out how to move forward, how to improve, how to grow, because again, we have this such a strong community of people that have so much to say are producing so much work that like it's just it's all there you know with this this community is already here it already exists and to just be plopped into this community I loved it I love it they love you so you do you do a great job it's I think it's hard to be behind the scenes of a community like this because it can be somewhat I know I get intimidated all the time and I I mean I've been here forever right um, it's because they're so talented and they have so much to bring to the plate. And I think that's, a, it's a little bit of a security feature for me because when I start to feel insecure or like I'm not doing enough, a good enough job at what I do, then you let them take over mm -hmm. because they are so talented and they have so many good ideas right? Sometimes you have to reel them in because their ideas are explosive sometimes and they don't have very good um, limits or filters because what is so wonderful about the artistic community is they really do think that there are no limits. If they want to create something or do something, they're just going to learn how to do it and do it, right? They mm -hmm. just move right on in. So I think that's nice, but I do get somewhat intimidated sometimes. But so sometimes like when I'm working with a um, couple of different people, I get this rush of new ideas. They're talking about different things. And I think, oh my God, we should do this and we should do this and we should do this. Does that happen to you as well? All the time. I mean, social media makes it really easy to be inspired by other people and get ideas from other people. And that's great, but you obviously can't be out here copying everyone's ideas. And you say that all the time, you know, like, but you don't, you never want someone to think you're copying their idea. So it's, what was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I am like ADD crazy. <laughs> I think you should put this part on. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's that, the question was, tell me, you've told us that you work on the podcast, Maker Moments, Instagram. Is there a certain um, aspect of the job that you haven't been able to work on that you would like to be part of? Or are you happy with what, you've, what you're working on now and you just want to grow those areas? I'm actually really happy um, with what I'm working on now. There are a few additional responsibilities that have been added to my plate um, that have to do a little bit more with marketing and promoting, you know, all the things we do. Um, in a little bit more of an advertising way, which has been really interesting to learn that. But I do absolutely enjoy producing and putting out content a lot more. So my 
absolute favorite thing is the social media aspect of all of this. I do think rather than adding responsibility or something else to my plate, I would love to spend more time on social media. There, what that looks like. How much time do you spend a week on? How long does it take you to put together a post? So, um, because we have so many artists to work with, it's never really a struggle to find someone to post. However, it's important. There could be times where we're going to share an artist twice, but we have the opportunity to use that artist in multiple different ways. So, you know, one time posting them could be sharing their work. Another time posting them could be sharing their studio, regardless of if they've been shared in what or where. Social media, you know, we can, we, we mix it all in there. On Mondays, I schedule out the week. Probably takes me about an hour to kind of come up with all the posts and the copy that I want to do for the week. However, we only do one feed post a day, a few stories a day. Um, you know, there's room for more of that, but also that's only when someone has the time to do it. I'm doing what I have the time to do, but there's so much more on social media you can be doing. So a few other things on social that I do do that take up some of my day is something that called the $1.80 strategy. I'm going to explain this to you all because this is something that I think is super beneficial for anyone who's utilizing social media, especially for their business. Um, so the $1.80 strategy is by, I may pronounce his last name wrong, but Gary Vaynerchuk. It's pretty much a strategy that involves thinking about 10 different hashtag categories that are in line with your brand. So for Women Create, I pulled 10 different hashtag categories. So hashtag women who create, hashtag um, female artists, hashtag handmade, hashtag whatever. Once you find these 10 hashtags, you're going to go in and simply explore them. You're going to scroll through the page. You're going to see which posts stand out to you and that resonate with you. Once you find those posts that resonate with you, you leave a comment. And these are going to be on people's posts who might be strangers. People's posts, like you might not know these people, but the goal is to expand your community. Put the word out there on different people and in different areas. So let's basically just quickly break down the strategy. Um, the name of it, the $1.80 strategy, is pretty much derived from leaving your two cents. So in short, go onto your Instagram, you're gonna leave your two cents, which is a comment, on nine posts across 10 relevant hashtags. So we do a little math here, two, two cents times nine posts across 10 hashtags equals $1.80. That's where the name of the strategy comes from. What this does is, is it's gonna gain the attention of the contents creator and draw them to your Instagram page. So you leave a comment on a stranger's Instagram post, they're likely gonna be like, who is this? I'm gonna explore them. In that case, they're likely gonna hit you with a follow if they like your content. So this was is something that I've been doing on a daily basis for Women Create and have seen great success in. You know, I'm targeting people who fall in line with the brand, who create content that is exactly, you know, what we 
put out there, what our artists put out there. So it's almost like an immediate win when you know you're going to comment on someone and hype someone up for the day and say like, oh, this is beautiful. Love the colors you chose, you know, leave a comment that's not like a, a bot. Like when you're doing multiple comments a day, it can start to get a little bit um, repetitive. You want to make sure you're doing genuine comments that like resonate with people. Um, so I know that was a little confusing and all over the place, but I will put all the details for $1.80 on my landing page so you guys can check it out. Um, it's absolutely a strategy that one is free to an extent. Um, so check it out, try it out, um, see if you have any luck, but it's also something that one, not only I, but multiple other brands. And as you'll read about it, um, you'll find out that have found really great success in community engagement is such an important aspect of social media. So that's another thing that I'm always doing on a daily basis, but wish I had so much more time for. I was just going to say, because some, some people literally do social media eight hours a day, right? Five days a week. It's a full-time job mm -hmm. for them. Mm -hmm. So, and, and I know some of the people that we work with have hired social media people. And oh. one thing I have to say is that it doesn't seem in today's world that the sites are growing as much as they used to. The likes are more targeted. We all know about the algorithms for Instagram and what's going on and how they want more videos and they're kind of controlling all of that. So how do you, how do you get around that? Or do you just do the best you can and, you know, wait for the algorithms to switch again? Obviously being on top of, you know, trends is important, you know, doing the next best thing. So like you said, we need the algorithm likes video, we need video. But I think one important thing, despite how important following the algorithm is, is being unique. And I think that staying true to your brand, staying true to the content that you put out and your goals, I think is always going to differentiate someone. You know, people, you blend in when you're doing what everyone else is doing, you're blending in. It's plain and simple. That's a lot of the reason why, you know, people are getting less likes. Like it's getting boring. People are all posting the same kind of stuff. People are all, you know, it's all, it's a, a short, you know, 20 second video that people are doing. And, you know, sometimes you know, like, I personally love a story. Like I, it's these days, the content that's being shared, I feel like is so, so superficial. And I just, I don't know. I really am all about telling story. And I, I think that that is something that's always going to be important in social media and that people forget about because at the end of the day, what's going to draw someone in is something that's relatable and something that of course is appealing to the eye, but moral of the story is yes, working with the algorithm is what we should be doing, but just keep in mind that you want to be creative and, and, put yourself out there and not do what everyone else is doing. Um, and I try to think about that on a daily basis. Of course, you know, you only have so much time to think outside the box and come up with ideas, but just with women create, I do try to go with the trends, but go with it in a way that is different. And I think that people should try to remember that because we don't, you don't want to blend in. You want to, you want to stand out. Okay, so talking about that, the creativity and not blending in and standing out, let's go back to a corporate environment of working at Matavor and working 
with me uh, for Women Create as part of Matavore. Um, do you think, I, I wonder about this all the time. And so I'm gonna put you on the spot for a sec. I've always thought that there should be some kind of an internal um, system it's just like Instagram. It would be like Instagram internally, where we have a place that once a day or once a week, we could all post our new ideas of something that we would like to see happen in the company. Because I think people who work every day like you, work with me, work with Matavor, work with all the women that we work with, you, you come up with lots of ideas and the corporation itself doesn't have a way to hear those or see those. And if you do it in a big meeting with everybody, then it just is kind of this big jumbled mess, right? Everybody's throwing their ideas out. So do you think it would be a good idea for not only us at Matavor and Women Create, but for companies around to have like an internal kind of Instagram page where you could post ideas and things you'd like to do and comments about what we're doing and stuff because we're also used to using Instagram and we're also used to posting, posting on it that I think we should use that system within our own systems to help ourselves build and learn about each other. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, I am a huge advocate for collaboration. I love working with others. I, I thrive in an environment where I can work with others. So sometimes um, it's hard when you don't, have that collaboration with the people you work with. I do think we need more of it. Not, you know, every, we are all so busy. There's not always time for that, but there must be some sort of platform that exists that I think that is so beneficial. One, I think it makes people more comfortable to want to share ideas when collaboration is wanted and promoted and stuff like that. Um, but too it just it just makes for such a stronger environment and i think any company should be pushing for collaboration amongst their employees as a whole not even like you know department wise corporate world is so different than running your own business or whatever it's just making it feel like a family i think is what makes for a successful corporate environment because that's when people feel comfortable and want to share ideas. So really any, any push for collaboration, I think is, you know, awesome. Well, and I think, you know, this is the first time in my life, 44 years in business, this is the first time I've worked in, in a corporation. I've always been my own boss, made my own decisions, you know, answered to myself. And then the magazines were turned over and just printed by somebody else. And I didn't want to know about that, right? I mean, that's technical information that I don't care about. So I'm learning from scratch about working in a corporate environment. And I personally do not think I'm doing a very good job at it. Just, I just encourage everyone to be open-minded and really collaborate with the people around you because you never know what's going to come of it. Well, and just like you say, I encourage older people to listen to younger people. Right, too. right. Right, because sometimes we get really defensive. It's like, how dare you tell me what to do <laughs> when I've been doing this for 40 years, right? And so you build up these defenses where it really, you, we all need to find a way to take the defenses down, right. you know, work with each other, listen to each other, 
take the best of what both of us have to offer and make astonishing businesses for ourselves because we can't afford to hire, you know, um, outside right. our firms and, and all of those kinds of things. Small businesses just can't afford to do that. Right. So we have to learn to do it from each other and from internally. And so that's why I wanted you on the podcast. I, I think you're brilliant, Sammy. I think you're very, very talented. I um, appreciate the opportunity to work together. I hope I don't get, a long, long time ago, somebody said to me, um, Joe, you need to get out of your own way. And I, I didn't know what that meant at the time. I have, over the years, I've learned what that meant. And it's those walls that we build that we think to protect ourselves right. or that we think to protect our brand or whatever it is. And we need to put down the walls, get out of our own way, let everybody else help us. And, you know, you still have to have one person in charge to make the decision that has, but but you have to be open to listening to everybody. And then not only that, but you have to take it. So everybody puts their ideas in, everybody reads it. Then you have to have the opportunity to brainstorm it so that you can take, because a lot of times the ideas, you need a good seed, but then when everybody starts talking about it, it grows into something that's much bigger and much better because we all have something else to bring in it's kind of like fertilizer you know you all bring in a little bit of different kinds pretty soon you have this really great idea right that blows us out of the water and I want that to continue I want women to create to continue with that I mean I had a good idea in the beginning we I had good a good team behind me I had a publisher that was willing to let it happen you know and so but it wasn't me I mean, I, I was there and, and I started it, but it was all the women that we feature that brought everything to the table and all the, all the staff that I had that worked with me that had really good ideas because I have some good ideas, but I don't have all the good ideas. And so um, we're going to come back. We're, you and I are going to put together a plan and we're going to present it to Matavor and we're going to make it work. And yeah. then we're going to come back and report on it so that everybody can use what we've planned, right? Use our, because we can do that. Plan you know? of action. Yeah. Our plan of collaborative action. <laughs> okay. That's what we're going to call it. <laughs> that's the title for it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That'll be good. Okay. So this, like I always say, like you've heard me say a million times, I always hate this part of the podcast the most when we have to end it because I just think in every instance with every guest we learn so much and it could go on I say it all the time it could go on all day long but Sammy just like everybody else I always ask um, do you have a secret that um, our audience may not know that you're willing to share um, I you'll probably notice I left that part blank on the thing I sent you. Um, I do have a secret. I do have a secret. It is totally random. And I don't know, maybe funny. Um, I love pickles. Like I love them. And I recently discovered this small business. It's called the pretentious pickle company. And it is in Plymouth mass. And it is a whole store and it's this run by this one older woman and she just 
sells a million pickles, a million things made out of pickles. And I like love pickles. So I saw this store recently and was like, oh my God, this is heaven on earth. Me and this woman were like going back and forth talking about pickles. Like people think I'm crazy. I eat the like big dill pickles for lunch. Like it's, I love them. So that was my secret. I was a little weird, but I figured I'd try to do something out of the box. (laughs) It's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. We, we may have to feature her on the website or it's, or in a story or something right joe she's great i'll show you her she's uh, okay. great <laughs> I think, because i think that would be really fun yeah i, I would like that okay yeah. okay so my second thing i ask is you know how i feel about saying something profound in very few words that tell a, a volume of information about people and that's always in quotes or short sayings. So do you have a favorite quote? I do have a favorite quote and this has been my favorite quote since, like if you asked me my favorite quote when I was eight, this would be my favorite quote. Um, simple, live like you're dying from the Tim McGraw song, live like you're dying. I love that song. I don't, I will, I'll be the first to admit, I don't always, you know, live my life to the fullest, but it, it, every day I think about that quote and it just makes me want to. So I hope one day, like, I obviously, you know, don't want to be dying anytime soon, but I want to be living like I'm dying very soon because I just, I think we let work and we just let other people's issues consume us and I I want to be focusing on me and I'm I hope I think everyone just needs to follow that quote live like you're dying even if you're not doing it now do it someday because we got to live life to the fullest I agree with you 100% and I think that's from my perspective that is why it is so important to have a job that you love more than anything that you're so passionate about because you're not always anxious to go be doing something else, right? I mean, my vacations are taken with the people that I work with. My free time is, I passionately love what I do every moment. And so it's like, I never have to go to work, right? I live like I'm dying every single solitary day. And that's why I fight so hard for this job. And it is the one thing I wish for all of you that um, you do everything in your life, like today's your last day, right? If today were your last day, would you go to work? No. <laughs> See, I would. That's I the first place I would go, right? Yeah, and I, I guess everyone ask yourself that question. <laughs> so there you go. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It is an honor to have you. It is a delight to work with you. I, I hope that it just continues to grow and gets better and that we have lots of ideas to share. The only disappointment that I have during our podcast from the kitchen table is when our time is over for today. It is such an honor for me to be able to create a moment for each of us to be together to share our stories. I can promise you and you can trust me no matter how easy these guests make the journey appear it wasn't. They each started by taking the first step together and alone, frightened and inspired, ready or not, each one moving ever forward, simply doing what they love to do, and that is create. Because we are a community which is based on our support of one another, please remember to leave a review. 
Leave a review, not only for these magazines, but for each other. It is a small investment of your time and yet an enormous gift to each of our guests that are working so very hard to be the best they can be in their chosen field. If you have any questions or want to know more, please visit womencreate.com. As you know, I am a lover of quotes and to end this chapter of From My Kitchen Table, I want to share my favorite quote with you. And that is, I love each of you and all of you with a thousand hearts. Until our next From My Kitchen Table, stay safe, keep notes, and take lots of pictures. Thank you so much for having me. Again, I was a little nervous, but this this was great. Thank you, seriously. This very out of my comfort zone, but I'm really excited to share my little voice with people. So thank you, Joe. You did a great job. Thank you. Thanks.